Today on the show, Zach Vincent and I chat about the places that music takes you, how to kill time when growing up in Wisconsin, which he knows a little bit about, his fantastic new record, and so much more on episode 83 of Who Writes This Stuff. Hey guys, thank you for listening. Welcome to Who Writes This Stuff. My name is Nick Flora, uh, as always, coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee. It's a beautiful, muggy 9.30 in the morning, and it's already about 92 degrees. Summer is officially here. Uh, for those of you who've listened to this podcast from the beginning of the year, um, all those complaints about winter are just out the window at this point. And it's funny how it only took like four months for me to just completely turn on the issue, which I think most people do. You know, nobody likes extremes. Uh, unless it's in the form of some kind of Dorito. I think we're all on board with that. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, I'm a little bit loopy today. Not only is it just ridiculously hot, ridiculously early, I'm not sleeping great. Uh, I think a lot of people deal with sleep issues. Um, so forgive me if a little bit of this intro is, uh, you know, just loopy, just not really completely 100% the Nick that you're used to, which I don't even know what that is. I don't even know what that means. Um, you guys, I wanted to tell you about this. It's something very exciting coming up. Um, I am doing what I've done three years in a row now. Uh, every 4th of July week, I guess it used to be the weekend, which I guess technically 4th of July is on the weekend this year. Is it? I don't know. I don't want to look at my calendar, but let's just call that the weekend because people are usually off work. Um, I travel up North with a bunch of Nashville folk and, uh, and people from all over to Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, to uh, attend Escape to the Lake, which is uh, Under the Radar. Uh, they're based out of Chicago. A lot of you know uh, are familiar with Under the Radar. They're a podcast. They're a uh, promotional tool for indie artists. They're just an amazing group of people, mainly helmed by one guy, Dave Trout, who a lot of you guys know. Uh, he hosts the show, and he puts together some amazing events, and this is one of them. Uh, it's an annual event, Escape to the Lake, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, um, over the course of the July 4th, you know, I want to say weekend. It's not the weekend though. This year, I think it's the, um, the second through the fifth or something like that. You can go to escape the lake.net for to get all the information that I'm messing up on, but I'm, I'm excited about it because I'm going this year and, uh, my third year in a row, um, from the beginning, I'm going to keep going whether I get asked to show up or not, but it's amazing. It's sort of like, um, if a lot of you go to Hutchmoot, it's like Hutchmoot meets like youth camp but in like a cool way because like, i know a lot of you know a lot of us were forced to go to youth camp but when you were there you were it was awesome it was you know um but it's amazing so the food is great which often the food is awful at camp but the food is great the uh lodging is awesome and comfortable and there's air conditioning and running water and showers and stuff like that um which usually typically at camp it's not so it's for like adults you know but you know families are welcome anyway uh, I'm very excited about it. It's coming out very soon. If you're listening to this, um, in the, you know, in, in the not so distant time in which the episode was released. So, you know, June 18th. Um, but it's coming up and, uh, artists like me, the Vespers, Ginny Owens, Shell, Ginny and Tyler, Krista Wells, Randall Goodgame, Justin McRoberts. So many people, um, are going to be there to perform, to hang out. We're doing these little breakout sessions, um, where we do little writers rounds throughout the day and Q and a sessions and, uh, panel discussions. Um, I am do I am performing, 
a couple different times. Um, we're doing two, count it, two live uh, episodes of the podcast. Every year we do one. This year, not good enough. We got to do two. So look forward to that. Even if you can't make it this year, which you should come next year, but you can hear you know a little bit of the fun. Um, really excited about the guests that are going to be on this year's live podcast, both of them, um, which a few favorites from the past will be on there. I'm not going to share who that is um, because that's how you tease something in the biz. But uh, no, super excited. It's going to be great. Um, I'm going a little bit early to do a, uh, a sort of pre-songwriter session, um, sort of songwriter boot camp with, uh, with people who have signed up for that, with Krista Wells and uh, Tim Coons, a lot of really great artists. Uh, Christopher Williams, just so many people are coming to mind. These, these great people, a lot of them have been on the podcast. So um, if you want to go, escape to the lake.net. It's 90% full, but also if you want to uh, come, if you're in the area, the Chicago area, it's not far from there, um, and you want to come to one of the nightly concerts, I'm playing on the second night um, with uh, Mercy Child. I'm going to get it wrong. I'm trying to remember now. Uh, here, I'll just click on the website. I'm on it right now. I will just click on it, and I will read you. So you can just keep driving or keep doing what you're doing at work. Um like the first night is uh, Randall Good Game, Krista Wells, uh, the Grey Havens, Jenny and Tyler, Jenny Owens. Uh, the second night, I'm playing. Mercy Child's playing. I know Chris and Jenna are going to perform. Uh, who've been on the podcast before? Uh, Chris, Chris Williams, Christopher Williams, C Dub, whatever you want to call them. The Vespers. I mean, come on, this is going to be it's going to be pretty great. Um, so yeah, come to that uh, if you're in the area, and if you're not, you should probably just buy a plane ticket right now and come. So. There's your commercial, Escape to the Lake. I'm very excited about it. It's uh, one of my highlights, one of the highlights of the year for me every year that I get to be involved in this thing. And um, so, yeah, if you don't come this year, mark it on your calendar for next because it is super fun. Um, okay, guys, Zach Vincent's on the show today. If you don't know Zach, well, I'll tell you about him in a minute because before we get into that, I think you know what we got to do. I need to share with you what I learned this week. What I learned this week. What you learned. You guys, I love learning new things. As an adult, I feel like I don't learn enough new things that aren't terrible because social media t- teaches you a bunch of terrible things. Um, one of the things that I learned this week, which is hilarious to me, is that in the early days of the telephone, you know, the, that thing that you check Twitter on and stuff, uh, the operators would pick up a call. So when you used to, you know, you've seen old movies. When you pick up a call, there would be like an operator there and you would just tell them like, you know, Cleveland 994, please. You know, that kind of thing. You, you spoke in that kind of voice. Um, well, they used to use the phrase instead of uh, number, please, which is what you would always hear on Andy Griffith's show or whatever. That's my reference point for operators. They used to say, well, are you there? Uh, and it wasn't until 1895 that someone suggested answering with a more polite number, please. So that is just hilarious to me that basically the early days of the phone was used uh, direct sarcasm. Just so condescending. Well, are you there? I think we should bring it back. I'm, I'm going to start answering every phone call with, well, are you there? I think that's uh, kind of amazing. I'm glad that we've come full circle and we're, be, we're back to being completely sarcastic and, uh, you know, kind of jerks on the phone again. I'm glad we've come back to that. And that is what I learned this week. What I learned this week. What you learned. Uh, if you would like to share with me what you learned this week, you can do so by tweeting at me at Pod. 
uh, or emailing who writes the stuff podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and I would love to hear what you learned this week. We had a few people write in um, on Twitter. I got to look it up. Stalling, stalling, stalling. Uh, Matt Harmon, who is at Matt Harmon NC, uh, good guy, plays with uh, Miss Krista Wells, former guest on this show, uh, says he, he learned this week that the county where him and Krista Wells live is uh, number one in the country for copperhead bites. You know what? There's nothing I can do about that, but that is unfortunate. And I want to know, Matt, how you learned that. My guess is uh, it did not end well. Um, also, we had an audio, Mr. Daniel Johnson, uh, the internet bad boy. I don't know why I call him that. Um, everybody needs a moniker. Uh, send in an audio what I learned this week, so let's listen to that. Hey, Nick, it's your favorite person here again. Uh, and oddly enough, the only person who writes in with what they've learned this week. Yeah, I'm putting all the podcast listeners on blast because um, get it together, guys. Anyway, this week I learned that you never want to meet your heroes. Uh, it doesn't turn out the way that you think it will. And when you idolize someone that much and when you hold them up that much in your mind, they can only fall short. They can only disappoint you because in the end, we're all only human. Uh, so kids, don't meet your heroes. All right. Thanks, Daniel. I sort of agree with this. Um, and I definitely want to know, Daniel, why, who you met. <laughs> you don't have to blast them out publicly, but I kind of want to know. I kind of want to know. Um, there is an element of that. That is very true, and I know Daniel lives in Nashville now, and there you will run into people, if you live here and you're in music and you're obsessed with it like a lot of us are, you'll run into people that you're stoked that you're in the same room as, and if you catch them on the wrong day, you'll be very disappointed, or in the wrong context, for sure. Um, which is why I tend to see heroes or famous people in the wild, as it were, and just leave them alone. <laughs> Unless, unless like they drop something and you need to pick it up, or they ask you a direct question, I just kind of leave them alone. But um, thanks, Daniel, for sending that in. If you want to send in an audio, what I learned this week, it's always welcome, or a video, I'll play it. I don't care. Um, also, iTunes reviews. If you would like to go to the iTunes podcast page, which is just searching "Who Writes This Stuff" on iTunes, and leave a positive review or a negative one, I don't care. I just want you guys to be talking about this thing because I think other people should know about it, and. Uh, that is one way to make that happen. Um, I don't really understand how the algorithm of iTunes works, but I know that the more people post on a thing, the more it, it shows up in sort of their featured as, you know, all that stuff when they feature stuff on the front page and everything. Um, so right now I'd like to shout out uh, uh, the most recent person, uh, Mr. Kevin Le Leftwich, uh, left in, a, a, you know, a great review. I'm really excited about this uh, review, obviously, clearly. Um, no, thanks, Kevin, for leaving a great review. If you would leave a review on iTunes, I will also give you a shout-out on the show. If that means anything to you, then you will be very excited about this. As excited as I was about Kevin saying that uh, my podcast has replaced all, all of the radio shows in his, uh, in his region of the U.S. Okay, enough talk. I've talked for long enough. So let's get to more of me talking with Zach Vinson, who's a great artist. I don't know if a lot of you are familiar with Zach. He's based here in Nashville, from Wisconsin originally, um, great salt of the earth guy, really smart, um, soft spoken at times, but you know, he packs a punch when he has something to say. Really, really great musician. Uh, we met playing a show a couple years ago, maybe not even a couple years, like a year and a half, maybe in Chicago. Um, and, uh, we hit it off and found out we lived down the street from each other, which we talk a little bit about on this episode. Um, anyway, Zach has a new record out that, uh, you're going to hear a little bit of today too. Um, that's really great. 
Uh, it was right up my alley anyway, and I think uh, a lot of you guys are going to dig it too. So let's not wait any longer. Let's get into it. Here's my talk with Zach Vinson. So I was an idiot and forgot to bring a copy of my album with me. How dare you? It's a good thing I purchased it on iTunes. Uh, (laughs) No, it's great, by the way. Yeah, thanks. It's really good. Not that I expected anything less, but... um, you know, if it was terrible, you were going to get an awkward text from me saying like, yeah, can we reschedule this <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> to another point? Uh, no, it is. Yeah, that's going to keep going off. Um, I keep getting these. I-, I DJ from time to time. That was the email that I just got. I DJ like, oh, weddings yeah. and yeah. stuff from time to time. Uh, and I'm starting to get into these DJ. And I don't want to get too much into this because I don't want to like. It is just. I'm not going to say that it's bad because it's not. I've done it a couple of times for this, this, these people. It's just interesting. It's just the interesting places that people think music fits well. Yeah. is sort of the topic of this discussion. <laughs> um, which I... <laughs> uh, but I, I'm DJing for this this church in town that has multiple locations. Mm-hmm. And they so they're putting me... Like, I DJed for Easter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The cock... You know what we need? cocking just now. <laughs> you know accurate. what we need on Easter Sunday is a DJ. I know. And it... And once I got there, it made a little bit more sense. I had no, I prepared for like three different scenarios before. <laughs> yeah. And I asked a lot of questions. Yeah. Um, like, I think the first thing I DJed for them was like a, like a Valentine's Day banquet kind of thing for their staff and their wives, which was cool. And, and then they're like, yeah, we want you to do this exact same thing, but for Easter. And I'm like, you want me to play Uptown Funk in Easter? <laughs> I don't understand. But uh, it actually ended up being okay. It, it, but it was just, it's just, they wanted me to, I was essentially set up as people were walking in. Okay. So I wasn't actually in the service like, Christ is risen. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it's a, but uh, so they just wanted like a vibe going as people were coming in and everything. And, right. and I'm not going to poo poo it cause it's great. It's a great gig. <laughs> but I'm doing now, I'm doing a thing. I just got an email for father's day. I'm doing a thing. Well, father's day, DJ little father's day DJ session. Father's which, day church DJ session. Yeah. How wow. about that? So now I'm going to, get paid to basically play songs that dads love cat in the cradle <laughs> all dad <laughs> themed just that was like growing up in church i specifically remember a father's day somebody saying no i think they just played the audio of cat in the cradle while they had people acting out the different scenes of like the different stages of life yeah and it was like kind of sad it's like a pretty sad oh, song it's a super sad song it's and i'd never heard it before i was probably like 10 or something and i was just felt like real bummed out <laughs> this is a confused. yeah what that what it an was interesting like, i guess trying to encourage dads to show up for their hey, kids don't or something. be deadbeats yeah show up when your kids need you yeah. cats in the cradle and the silvers that's what that is an interesting i think there are probably 10 to 1 more dad songs disparaging fathers <laughs> than celebrating them yeah i'm having trouble thinking of any i can't think of any songs that are like dad i love you thanks for everything i can think of more like insurance commercials that say that <laughs> than, than songs yeah <laughs> but the, i mean it is i think there are more songs praising moms than disparaging moms which makes <laughs> me wonder if artists are more nurtured by their moms than their dads probably historically <laughs> dads don't want none of that stuff <laughs> Get in the garage and build me something. Yeah. What was your What was your dynamic with your parents? What do your parents do? Uh, my mom. I was homeschooled growing up, so my mom 
taught my brother and I proper grammar there. Right. No, wrong grammar. Is it? My brother, my and, brother me. and I. They taught. Yeah, it would be my brother yeah. and me. Sorry, mom. Uh, giving homeschool is a bad <laughs> name. So she taught us growing up, and now she works as a like an aide at a public school, like high school, working with some, I think, like learning disability kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad has been involved in various aspects of the construction industry for most of his life and now owns his own remodeling business. Oh, okay. In Wisconsin, right? Yeah. What part of Wisconsin? Sheboygan. Really? Sheboygan, I don't think Wisconsin. I've ever known anybody in Sheboygan. <laughs> yeah. It's just a fun word to say. Yeah. When you're a kid living in Arkansas, you don't imagine that that's a real place. <laughs> so I was just, you know, I think it was in a bunch of Glenn Miller songs. It was in uh, the first Home Alone. John Candy's polka band is that's, like on their way to oh, Sheboygan. I mean, come on. Perfect <laughs> name for a polka band yeah. uh, in a movie. It has to, they or the, fir- the perfect place for a polka yeah. band to be from Sheboygan, yeah. Wisconsin. It's funny. Mm-hmm. So There's a lot of German heritage around there. So there's, mm-hmm. there's some polka bands. Are you German? Around. I think a little German, mostly Dutch. Okay. A little, a few other things thrown you do, in there. Like your look, like your your <laughs> facial features and stuff are very like Eastern European. Eastern European. Huh? Or just, yeah, you're very European. Like if you, if I met you and you had some sort of a European accent, I wouldn't be confused by that. I'd be you, like, you yeah, buy it. that makes sense. Yeah. You should try that out at a party sometime. You should. If you ever just want to go incognito, <laughs> oh. that's a great, that's a great way to do it. I mean... Have you ever done that? Just like, I'm going to socially mess with people. I remember thinking that when I went to college thinking I could be a different person. Like this is my one chance to like have a fresh start and be whoever I want to be. And then I realized I was still myself. I think a lot of, <laughs> there's no way I know by like sophomore year, it would all go away. I would say by a second, yeah. by Christmas break, <laughs> it's yeah. hard to keep that up. Yeah, I mean, that'd there are be little exhausting. things to be changed. I think a lot of people take that opportunity to change their their name. Hmm. I've had some friends who have who have decided to go by like, like Chuck instead of Charlie or exact that's exactly it. No, I had a, <laughs> I, I grew up with a guy named Charles who changed his name to Chuck and like now when I see him in town or whatever and when I go home, I'll, he's just like really thrown off by you know, my mom is that way. My mom changed her name huh. almost compl- like completely. It's not even like a, a version of the name that it was. Um I'm trying to, yeah, or no, well, I guess it was her real name. Her nickname growing up was Cookie. Right. And so she just went with it. Yeah. Like it was just her name growing. And then, like, she went to college as Rosemary, which is her given name, her mm-hmm. actual name. And then when she got out of college, she realized, you know what? Like, I'll go with by Cookie again. And so my dad is the only person that calls her Rosemary because <laughs> they met in college. Yeah. So, like, nobody else in her life calls her that. Only people that met her in college and the only people that <laughs> I know that I see on a regular basis yeah. is my dad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, but I mean, I think people, that's usually the, the biggest thing that people change. I'm, I mean, I'm sure people make up stories, but now with the internet, it'd be almost impossible to change too much of your story without people being like, I call bull crap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I knew a couple of families growing up that had like very Wisconsin pronunciations of their last name that I think was originally French in some way. And then mm. they just suddenly, two different families suddenly decided to switch the French pronunciation switch to the fridge yeah oh so it's a little bit like more like ooh, yeah a little highbrow (laughs) oh that's not that's no good nobody (laughs) likes that person yeah it was i I don't i don't know if it ever really took that's really weird can you get what's an example of that uh there's one that was like the the patrons and they became the patrons okay nobody's calling them patron i think the other (laughs) one they were the lariers and they became the lauriers that's a little bit better 
because rear isn't great. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> there is that the, the interesting thing about that is you really have to have a lot of guts to go up and oh I'm sorry we're changing it now <laughs> it's yeah. Patron like okay just be the be the thing that we know you as. It's interesting about your friend Charles Chuck right because I knew a guy who was Chuck growing up his entire life and then went to Charlie. So I feel like if we got those two people in a room, there would be just be this infinite circle oh, of it'd be mass Chuck, confusion. Charles, Charlie. Yeah. They would implode on each other. Yeah. They would just, yeah, it would just become insanity. Yeah. But were you growing up, were you Zach or Zachary? I was always Zach. Were you? Yeah. Are you Zachary on something? On your yeah. email, maybe? Yeah, on Facebook. I have maybe. like the, the music sure. self is Zach Vincent and then yeah. my regular self so is Zachary. So your name, or like as a fan, they find the music first. I, it was just more that I it helped me keep them straight, I think, in my own head. <laughs> it was for you. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that makes sense. Because I think when... So I, I never wanted to have Facebook whenever I was like in college and it started becoming a thing. So I had some friends like created a fake email just so they could sign me up for it. Whoa, they were determined yeah. to get you on Facebook. Yeah, and if they only knew how many... Hundreds of hours of my life have been wasted since. Right? <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys. It is interesting the older I get. And maybe Facebook's getting better as a whole. You know, they added they add all these little things that are a little bit easier to track and the, the trending topic thing on the side. Like yeah. a lot of things that sort of make is why I always went to Twitter for so long. And now I just I think Facebook's just easier to keep track. There's more people mm. I don't know on Twitter. <laughs> so I'm just like, what? A, why is this person saying things? Yeah. I don't really know them. But I know. I guess I know more people on Facebook. It's weird, but I, I don't know whether it's old age or what, but I'm preferring Facebook these days more. Yeah, I've never really gotten fully hooked on Twitter. Yeah. And I think it's largely because I didn't get a smartphone until a couple of months ago. It was a game changer. I thought Twitter was ridiculous. Like I had, I was making a record and my producer like signed me up for it. I was like, it's great. It's game changer. Watch this. Watch. I'll do it right now. And he wrote like making a record with Nick Flora. <laughs> and now it's out there. And I'm like, you just explained uh, social uh, media to me. <laughs> I've had MySpace. <laughs> like, I, don't yeah. I was just like, okay, I don't get it still. And then like when I got, then as soon when I got my first smartphone, like it was game changer, because I could update from the road or whatever. There was yeah. that sort of element to it. But why do you think that is? What what's your sort of aversion to? to or Twitter? do you have an aversion to social media and promoting yourself and everything? I mean, it's sort of like a necessary thing. Evil. I was gonna say evil, <laughs> you but. Could say that. Like some parts of it, I would say that, but as a whole, it's, I mean, well, it's, it's a neutral, it's, it's a neutral thing. It is. It's a necessary, it's a time suck yeah. very easily. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've been thinking about that a little bit more because I just finished up this new album and I've been having to do more putting myself out there than I have yeah. probably ever before. And yeah, trying to figure out how to shape that in a way that is effective, but yet that I don't feel like dirty after I do it or that I'm not like annoying and alienating. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's a big part of it too. But the thing with that, I've just learned and, and tried to impart to other people who have that fear of like, yeah, I'm just going to post once or twice about this thing and forget about it. And then they get frustrated that nobody knew about it. I'm like, (laughs) well, because we're in such like, it's such, it's so disposable. Anything you post is immediately scrolled past. So which I, I think is why I've never gotten into Twitter. 
because yeah. Facebook has a little bit more like stick to Yeah, and if somebody comments on it, it pops back up. Yeah, so you're reminded of. Th- I've been reminded of like events and stuff that are coming. Yeah. up. Like, oh yeah, because some a friend, uh, you know, somebody's commenting on it or whatever. Or if something like important happens in someone's life and a bunch of people say something about it, like <laughs> I know it's gonna be there when I log on to Facebook. That's true. Yeah. Whereas Twitter doesn't. Maybe there's. Maybe I just don't know how to use Twitter. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it, anybody really knows how to. Well, they keep changing. That's what's so crazy yeah. about all this. Is, and I understand the exhaustion of of older generations by stuff. They're just like, because it does keep changing. It's it once as soon as you get comfortable with anything right now, in in the tech world, yeah, you, you're immediately a dinosaur because it's gonna change, and then you're gonna be mad that it's not the way it was. I mean, it's funny if you go back and look at like the way people were an uproar over like iOS seven. <laughs> or whatever on the iPhone. Yeah. Like it up it's the first thing that like since the iPhone came out, they just completely changed the interface and the way it looked and the yeah, apps yeah. looked differently and everything. People Is that lost when they were all their flat? minds. Yeah. Yeah. They lost all their lost their minds. I mean, it was a genuine uproar for about a week and then <laughs> people got and then guess what? Everybody got used to it. Yeah. And then it was like Because oh, they have no power to actually yeah. change anything. No. There's no power. We have the yeah. semblance of power. Yeah. But I don't think you know, I know that's debatable too, because I, I think people there's a way to I mean the people corporations are starting to change the way that they deal with stuff because they just want to please people and if everybody's going you know over the top about walmart or something on twitter people tend to walmart's like okay cool cool we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. take that thing back or whatever yeah maybe that's a bad example i think walmart can do whatever they want <laughs> but still keep going there with the birds that float above our bodies and the grass and the trees your love will surely kill me you're the one you're the one Walmart in Wisconsin, right? It's everywhere, right? Yeah. I'm just making sure that... Oh, yeah. That my... was like the the place to hang out in high school if we didn't know what to do. <laughs> in Sheboygan? Yeah. Like... uh you go to Walmart. It's Friday night. Get some friends together. Nobody's parents are cool with you hanging out at their house. Right. You think, uh, you just want to drive over to Walmart? <laughs> it was next to uh, Blockbuster, so... Oh, perfect. There was like the potential that if somebody's parents changed their mind and were cool with us hanging out you know you could grab a pick movie up really quick yeah i once yeah i got kicked out of a walmart once for what? like can't maybe twice once for like bouncing balls oh yeah of course uh and once for uh handing out 
I don't know why we thought this was okay. Uh, in my high school band, we just walked around Walmart and handed out flyer, like show posters to customers. You can do that. You can't do that. Uh, no. Not in Sheboygan. <laughs> that won't fly. I guess that's essentially, what is it called? Soliciting? Yeah. yeah. We weren't doing it like. anything though. No, but I mean. It's we a were school just... function. I guess you can do that at the parking lot, maybe. I've seen people do that at some point. Maybe. I've been kicked out of four malls for doing that, <laughs> actually. Because back in the day, that's how you promoted. When I first started touring, it was 2003. Yeah. Around that, And there wasn't social media. Yeah, this was probably around that time. So I was like, I would get, I would get to town early. This is how much things have changed. Now I still go to the mall, but I don't, <laughs> I don't do this. Uh, but I'll, I'll get, get to town early, like four hours early. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm already sort of close. And then I'll go to the mall right when school lets out. And I would just, I would, I would print up and go to Kinko's. <laughs> I would design print up the, and it's a little like four by four yeah, printouts or like something. Fourth of a sheet and go and like just handing out the kids coming out of hot topic. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it was. Uh, yeah. Cause I was always playing like the types of places the kids in hot topic would want to go to. Yeah. Whatever the all ages venue was yeah, in yeah. that town. But I got kicked out of four of malls for that. Wow. Just like you get, you can't do that. You got to leave. I don't know why, like I had so much more gumption then. And the thing I said this before, but the thing I was selling my music at the time was not worth getting kicked out of one, mall, <laughs> let alone four. Like yeah. now would be the time when I should be going out there in my opinion and like kicking doors down and being like, but I'm just, now it's more like, here's the stuff you can listen yeah, or not. If you want, it's fine. Uh. And then I secretly stress out that nobody is taking it as seriously as I am. <laughs> but I think that's just a part of it. What is your what's your mindset now that the the record came out yesterday? Mm-hmm. Are, are you getting good feedback from it? Are you are you yeah. freaked out that more people aren't talking about it? Are you? <laughs> I mean, I think there's yesterday there was like a lot of things happening online of people mm-hmm. like posting about it and stuff, which uh, was encouraging. But yeah, I think there's always this fear of like, now what, like. Now it's the next day. Yeah. <laughs> and like, there's a whole a new list of things to get done. There. Like how long do I keep pushing this, you know? Yeah. And for the first time I'm working with a, like a college radio promoter. So I watched, I binge watched a lot of Netflix last week as I <laughs> stuffed like mailer after mailer after mailer and yeah. bought $600 worth of stamps. Whoa. And Yeah. So all those went out last week, and then so the radio campaign, I think, gets fully in gear next week of <clears throat> of them bugging people to start playing it. Why don't we get interns? I've thought about getting an intern. Before. I have too. I never do it. <laughs> I mean, I do enough with the podcast and with with my day to day. Like they could go to the to the post office for you, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. And we, we live in a town where there are so many people going to college to help out musicians. We should get them before they change their mind, <laughs> which they inevitably will. Yeah, yeah. Get some like Belmont freshmen. To... Yeah, get them. Yeah. I think for me, it's a cross between like a fear that I would run out of meaningful things for them to do and they would be like, wait, this is a joke. I'm just right. hanging out in this guy's like extra bedroom. You know what? That's part of it. Inter- <laughs> like I've been, the few studios that I've been to, I've recorded that where there's an intern there. I feel, I keep asking the intern if they're okay i'm like are you good and yeah. they love it because they're just you know they're from you know indiana or yeah. some, someplace that doesn't have what we have and they kind of just are like this is all i want is just to watch people do what they do 
And occasionally they'll be given like a job that isn't food related. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's the default for sure. Yeah, exactly. But I, I've thought about it several times with, with the, especially with the podcast and stuff. I was like, it'd be so nice if somebody else could kind of set it up and, you know, just, although it doesn't take that much to just reach over here and press stop and or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. But I think it would be, especially with like, maybe when I have bigger artists on who are, who are very aware that they're like in a stranger's house, or, <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. I'd be, I think it might put them at ease a little bit to have uh, somebody over to the side that's, that's run, uh, sitting at a computer at least. Yeah. Know. Who knows? It's all perspective. And some people think it might be charming to have. To just be like, oh, it's cool. Where this is really grassroots. Yeah, yeah. And other people are like, where are you gonna? Are you gonna? <laughs> where, where are you gonna dump my body? Just yeah. Tell my tell my family. I think the other thing that holds me back from finding an intern is like a. Uh, I like being in control of everything. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. So like entrusting somebody else to make intelligent decisions. Um. I think would freak me out. I don't a think anybody expects interns to make intelligent decisions. I think a lot of the interns job is to do the menial stuff that, yeah. that keep us on track. But like, I would even be a little bit, I would just feel bad. I think I would just be like, okay, I know that I would say constantly, like, I know this isn't what you're going to school for, but I need <laughs> you to run to Starbucks and the post office and then, uh, you know, Staples. And but can you wash my dishes? <laughs> I think that's kind of where it crosses the line. I think once you start doing that, it's a little bit, it gets a little bit ridiculous, but I mean, I mean, I know studio interns that have, that have done it. Like I, I just worked with a guy, I just got done recording and the guy that ran the studio used to be an intern and, and he quit his last job working for a studio because they asked him to go pick up their kids from school. <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't even that. Cause that's even like a huge, that's huge. But it was like to go get a present for the kid, oh, which is like a, that's like a PA's job for like Alec Baldwin or something like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like go get, go pick him up something nice. Yeah. Like that's not even like a thing that you would know, like a 19 year old would know how to do. As we're having this conversation, I th I'm realizing that I don't think I need an intern. I think I need to hire a maid. <laughs> I'm going home to the land of my father's life. It's carved like a hunting knife, slicing through my veins, etched in my bones. And I will roam Harsh Wisconsin countryside Explore the land behind my eyes Let the onion rise Drown the bridge and flow songs when we met the, that night we met uh, a bunch of them okay probably not we, all of them but... we, we met we played a show together i guess it was last like a year ago march 
Yeah. In Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> Met was, there to discover that we lived like two miles apart. That's that's what I was gonna say too. Is that uh, <laughs> it's the this Nashville thing where you have to drive eight hours to figure out <laughs> that, you, and then meet somebody that you live down the street from, essentially. Yeah. Like I was in, I think I was in like Arizona or something a year and a half ago, and as well, and there was somebody that there was like this old guy who was playing in the band, the cover band that I was, that was opening up for me, which is always great. <laughs> um, depending on the situation, it's a hard act to follow <laughs> yeah. because they're playing a bunch of songs that people know. And, love. and then you're about yeah. to get up and be like, Hey, I'm going to teach you something new. Nobody likes to be taught something new. <laughs> and I'm going to be up on stage all by myself as opposed to this full band. That yeah, you exactly. Shared. Even if they weren't great. Yeah. Uh, but there was like older guy or whatever, who was like the sly guitar player. And he was like, uh, like, oh, yeah, I live in Nashville. Like, the rest of these guys are from here. I'm from Nashville. And I was like, oh, great. Where do you live? And then we narrowed it down as well. I was like, oh, I live on the east side. Oh, where on the east side? <laughs> oh, I live in Cleveland Park. Where in Cleveland Park? And we narrowed it down to, like, he lives, a, like, a block and a half around. Like, <laughs> like, we live on the same block. Yeah. Like, the 1200 block or whatever. But, like, he was two streets over. I was just like, this is preposterous and hilarious at the same time. Yeah. But I, I played a show, speaking of hard acts to follow where there was a guy and uh, he played a bunch of originals and it was sort of like, he was a local guy, sort of like open mic situation. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was fine. He was just this, you know, sort of hobbyist musician. And uh, a lot of times I get excited and, and not to toot my own horn, but it, there is a, we're like, Oh, well, they think this guy's great. I'm gonna blow him away because not because I'm so much better because I think in a lot of ways I take it, serious you know it's a serious pursuit yeah i figured there's a lot of sort of faux pas that's you know some people especially hobbyists or just open mic type people just don't they can't figure out how the mic works a lot a lot of yeah. stuff i'm just like oh well i feel i've obviously if you take it more seriously anything mm-hmm. you're can you tell i'm trying to backtrack here <laughs> um anyway so i was just sort of like now that i said i'm awesome let fine. me uh i'm gonna i'm gonna next time i'm on stage i'm gonna bite the dust I'm, <laughs> it's that kind of karma performer karma <laughs> But no, like he he ended the set by by uh, here's where he one upped me. Mm-hmm. He knew the crowd, mm-hmm. so he ended the set with a cover song by the 1980s Christian band Petra. Wow! And I was like, bold move, and <laughs> Petra. The crowd ate it up. It was yeah. totally there. It was a bunch of like, you know, people in their 40s. Yeah. At this coffee house, I mean, ate it up. Like a few were standing up praising the Lord wow. physically. Yeah. And I was like. And and when he started, I was like, oh man, this is, that's a poor choice Mm -hmm. in my mind. I said it out loud. (laughs) Excuse me, sir. This is a poor choice. And then by the time he ended, I was like, how am I ever going to follow this guy? (laughs) Did you know any early newsboys is the the question. (laughs) Just start playing like the entire take meter later. Oh my gosh. I just, I didn't know what to do. And I, I physically, you know, this is probably the, the artist internal monologue but i felt a, a little bit of a misstep at the beginning i felt like a, there was a bit of a uphill climb yeah, yeah and a lot of times you sort of feel that dip in the middle of the set like okay i don't know if they're digging no, this. nobody's paying attention anymore yeah yeah do you do piano bar stuff Does that make i that used up? to when dueling i lived pianos in, and stuff i've never done the dueling piano thing but when i lived in michigan before we moved to nashville about five years ago i did a lot of like restaurant gigs and yeah lounge kind of gigs like what was your experience with that mostly i mean it was good in that it allowed me to build up my chops um there was one restaurant i mean i was doing it for there's a couple that paid okay but there's like this one restaurant i was playing at that was paying me minimum wage 
like plus tips. I mean, it's all right, whatever. Um, but yeah, I realized that quickly that they didn't care at all what I played or how it <laughs> sounded. So I just sight read through like jazz charts or like pop song books and stuff. So yeah, so it was basically like, all right, this is my own education. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then you play some of like the bar and lounge gigs where people shout out requests and I was like 20. Like I didn't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> They'd be like, hey, do you know any... Like they would name like some really specific cut off of some like, I don't know, Billy some Joel old B like, side. yeah. And I'd be like, well, I know Piano Man. Is that close enough? <laughs> I know the, oh, you know that obscure song? You remember? I know the most popular song by that artist. <laughs> that that was my goal. Like, I'm not going to learn all these songs. I'm just going to try to learn one song by like everybody I can think of that. I mean, depending how drunk request. the people are, they'll probably be on board with that. I had one guy was adamant that my microphone should be taken away because I did not know any air supply covers, <laughs> which I don't think I could name a single air supply song to this day. Oh. But he was like like heckling me about it for like a few songs. Sailing? Is that them? No, that's mm. Richard. Oh, we're going to get... I'm going to get caught <laughs> for this so I don't edit this out because uh, I know that there's some people right now yelling at this. Okay, no, sailing. That's... uh. Not Richard Marks, but it's somebody like that. You know that song? Sailing, take me away. All that yacht rock stuff, like Michael McDonald. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the sentence that your microphone should be taken away for not knowing any <laughs> air supply is one of the funniest things I've ever heard. Yeah, he was he was very <laughs> serious about it. People are serious about their I mean, that guy probably was in my mind he's age appropriate for that be like him being like college age high school age when that was popular yeah yeah which people that's that's the stuff that people resonate with the most yeah which makes sense it's a very formative time and they're like we talked about that on the podcast before where that's you can't tell people you can't convince people that the music that they loved in high school is terrible <laughs> and some of it is you can't convince yeah. them i'm i'm that way i've had people who are older than me maybe not so much younger, but like definitely people who are like four years older than me, which isn't that far out of the realm of mm -hmm. this music would be in there. Tell try to tell me like the third eye blind is terrible. And I'm <laughs> like, no way I can't be convinced because I have like really emotional attachments yeah, yeah. to a lot of those songs. Yeah. Semi tribal kind of life was like the, the epitome of like late nineties radio oh, yeah. rock. Like, and that's, that's, the, that's like the peak and of on the... that record. That's the worst song on it. Really? And I think, and it just doesn't sound like anything else on that record. Huh. It's one of those where the the label was like, okay, these 12 songs are great. We need one that's just going to go nuts. And <laughs> yeah. so they were like, no minor chords. Yeah. <laughs> just all, it's G, C, and D, that whole song. That's like Sixpence and the Richer with uh, Kiss Me yeah. record. I remember buying that at some point when I was probably like late high school and being like, wait, none of these songs are like this. Oh my gosh, that record is so weird in a yeah, it's great like way. Weird, like art rock. Oh yeah, that would never get played on any radio station. Never, never. Other than that song and that cover of There She there Goes. There she goes, and they had to tack that cover on the end. I think it was. <laughs> I think originally on the original release, it was like the secret track. Remember when people did that? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I feel like that doesn't happen anymore. Do people do secret tracks anymore? How do you hide a track on an MP3? <laughs> I mean, you can kind of put it way, way at the end. But that, yeah, you're right. I remember getting so excited when I would look at a it would even be on the cd player i guess and mm -hmm. the last song would play 
and it would end at like four minutes. But I saw that it still had like six <laughs> minutes to go. I was like, oh, here we go. Or you first put it in the CD player and realize there's like 13 tracks, but the back of the case says there's 12 tracks. Yeah. Oh, that I just realized that doesn't happen anymore because people bummer. don't buy records. Yeah. Or like they don't, they're not as fervently, you know. And even if they buy a whole thing digitally, it's just not the same experience as like, I'm going to put this actual item into mm. this thing that plays music and then i'm gonna sit here while it happens yeah that's true we just don't have the time anymore either yeah i don't hang out with a lot of teenagers but i wonder if they still take in i mean there's so many other things to do now there's the internet there's smartphones there's so many other things to do than just sit and listen to music which is my was my only option when i was like (laughs) 16 17 yeah i didn't start driving until halfway through my 17th year (laughs) because my mom was terrified of the world uh Cookie had a reason to be. She did have a reason. I was a, I was a firecracker. I was in my room listening to DC Talk, uh, <laughs> which that's what I should have busted out at that show. Oh yeah, some, just some old school DC Talk. Yeah. Um, but there's, but I remember just I remember very just being so excited and not even wanting to buy going to the store and buying a CD and not wanting to listen to it until I got home and I could like sit in front of a thing and just or lay in my bed and just like dissect it. Yeah, because I didn't have anything else to do. What else is it gonna do? I feel like until I was probably 20 or so, every single album that I owned, I knew every single word of. Because I would sit there with the liner notes and sure. like just listen to it over and over until I memorized everything. Yeah. Go on I don't now. do that anymore. <laughs> no. Some of the records that. that I like really, really love, I've just like mumbled my way through like the second verse. I sing know. Along, cause it... there, is, there is some like I, recently I've started because I've started to miss like the having the CDs living in my car. So mm. I've been buying like physical copies. If it's, if I love a CD instead of if I hear it on Spotify or something or some some sort of streaming service where I don't own it, yeah. <laughs> like if I'm just testing it out, I'm like, this is really great. I'll go and buy the physical copy of it and yeah. let it live in my CD player because I've found that the more choices that I have to make when I get in my car, it's easier if it's just already playing. If there's something that's already like mm-hmm. the choice is made for me, it's much easier. Cause that's what it used to be. You know, you'd have four CDs, five. Sometimes, yeah. I, sometimes I had like a shoebox of CDs in my car, and I would just put it in, and that was what I was listening to for the day. Yeah, it's just so much easier. And and then you take it in better, like you know. Yeah, loop. for sure. That's what I've started doing to sort of continue my own musical education. Uh, I'll go out to McKay, which is you know sort of giant used books, CDs, DVDs. Mm-hmm. And they have so many of their CDs are so cheap. And I rediscovered, I discovered at one point, but I re- recently rediscovered the like scratched and bargain section. Oh, yeah. So I went there, I don't remember, like a month ago maybe, and found like a cake album, uh, a, an old Ben Folds 5 album that I didn't have, like his, the bad one. I mean, I say that as a, right now, so. as a very big Ben Folds fan. My guess is you're talking about uh, Reinhold Messner. Yeah. Which I love that. <laughs> Sorry. I love it. No. That was that was universally at the time panned as the bad one, the one that broke up the band. Really? All that stuff. Because they tried to do something weird when yeah. they should have probably just done... Ben Folds has said we should have probably should have just done something more in the middle ground from whatever it ever had been. And yeah. Because yeah. a lot of people are just like... I mean, it has Army on it. Come on. Yeah. I mean, there's some, some good stuff, but... It's definitely the and, weird one. So I, yeah, so I got a cake album that Ben Folds five. Which cake album? album? Fashion Nugget. 
Uh, prolonging the magic. It's the one that has a short skirt and a long jacket yeah, on it. Yeah, I think that's prolonging the magic. Or no, it's a. Uh... I used to be a big Cake fan. I, when I... shoot, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, all their albums look exactly the they same, so it's hard. Same. That's what, yeah, <laughs> it's hard to differentiate. You know, it's the one with the sort of like uh, 1800s sort of graphic on it. <laughs> yeah. So I got those two and the soundtrack to Once, the Glenn yeah. Hansard and great, yeah, that girl with the name I don't know how to say. Marquetta Ergolova. Yep. <laughs> I'll just pull that one. <laughs> yeah, um, so I got those three. And I got a, uh, a Nelly Furtado album. Yeah. From the late 90s. Of course. Pop. Uh, all that stuff for like like $1.60. For all of it? Yeah. Because it was scratched? And yeah. Then, does it all play? There's like one or two songs you got to skip through here and there, but for the most part, no problems whatsoever. I got to check that out. I always skip yeah. that section because I'm, uh, my I'm, assumption is that it's in terrible shape. Yeah. And... If worse comes to worse, you can usually like throw it on a computer and at least still get iTunes to rip it. That's true. Um, but that's kind of been my new plan is I'm going to go to McKay every month or so, spend a couple of bucks buying a bunch of albums that I've been curious about, but never like sat down and listened through. Really? And just keep those in my car to actually like give them a real listen for a while. What's the, do you still find yourself yearning after new music like i just need something new or do you find yourself at this point in your life and career and like i mean we've collectively taken in tens of thousands of hours but i'm sure that you've just dissected so much music that you kind of have a reference point for it all you know so a lot of times you sort of like it's very rare that anything piques your interest but do you still find yourself searching for that stuff like you did when you were younger it's more it's more common that i'll look up somebody who's been around for a while that i've just never given like a full chance to mm. um like nelly furtado <laughs> <laughs> which man there's like two cool songs on that album and the rest i was like yeah what I know. is this no i remember it 60 it cents out. i remember when, yeah i remember when it came out and being like oh the two songs that i've heard on the radio are the best ones <laughs> yeah yeah that was back when record labels knew they could have one cool single and sell a cd for 16 dollars. i was like that with uh who's the other girl that was similar to corinne bailey ray was like that ah because i kind of like there's her first record. There's the half of it that I really like, but Th- that ballad, uh, like a star, I think it is. That's yeah. so good. And then her, her second album, her husband apparently died. Yeah, and then he did. It, and she wrote a record about it. Yeah, and then it tanked. Right. That would be yeah. That would be one of those albums that I would want that I would check out. Like one of those like oh yeah I forgot about that she did that I read about it and paste and then never grabbed yeah. it. Yeah, she did. Yeah, her husband passed away. Who was like a producer or did something with her. <laughs> yeah, musically. I just remember hearing as that was coming out that her publicist took the uh strategy of like highlighting that as like the gimmick to push the album like hey check this out I she mean, wrote this about her husband that's dying, all i ever heard about it which seems really uh, gross yeah it's just yeah just sad and and i just hope that she would have the like self-respect maybe not to take that angle i know which maybe that was out of her but maybe control. it was the, maybe it was like listen i don't know how else you're gonna sell this record and when something yeah. like that happens i mean it definitely puts it puts eyes and ears on a thing because you're kind of want to know like what they're gonna say about it or mm-hmm. anytime there's any kind of you know i remember there was a band that i played shows with in arkansas that had a bass player that got hit by a car mm-hmm. as they were up and coming and like I mean, I hate to say it, but they became, everybody knew who they were. Yeah. And it was great PR in a really weird way 
from like a business standpoint. And um, I mean, I, that's how I, everybody was like, did you hear about this band's bass player? And I'm like, I don't who is this band? Yeah. And then all of a sudden everybody sort of knew who they were, which is great. Cause they were a great band. So they mm-hmm. got, they kind of got this, this spotlight put on them. Cause it was on all the newspapers and stuff like that. And you know, clearly like they would never say like, clearly they would rather have their friend back than, yeah. than the success. But it is interesting how something like that turned everybody to a thing. So maybe, mm-hmm. I mean, it is gross if you purposely are like, Oh, this is great that your husband died. We can use it. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, those conversations have been had in really tall buildings with, Man. with, douchebag haircuts in them <laughs> i just hope that on some level it was like her own choices i think this is what i need to keep processing this or but it is an know. interesting i it's interesting it's the marriage of business and and art because we so often will use art to work out stuff mm-hmm. whether it's relationships breaking up or losing someone or whatever especially the dark stuff yeah. So many times we use our writing for that. So what do you do with it? I almost would have more respect for her, I guess. Maybe I don't have any lost respect. Yeah. Cause I don't know the story. Yeah. But if she was like, I wrote 10 songs about losing my husband and nobody will hear them. Yeah. But in the same way, like I would, it seems sort selfish. Like maybe other people love that record cause they went through something similar. Yeah. You could tackle it from all angles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess that's probably a heavy enough thing not to dive too deeply into. I don't know. It's inter- criticizing I, her for. I'm, yeah, I know, but it's interesting. Like just the way different ways we use art as artists and as you know, consumers of art. Like who's to say what it should be? I, I do under. I do get what you're saying. And you have to have some kind of angle to, but I mean, because my my like devil's advocate response to that mm-hmm. which i'm already feeling so uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> but is that if he if the i don't know i'm not even gonna talk about it but, but <laughs> i mean if the publicist was like there is like somebody heard about that because they had lost a loved one they heard about that record and they're like oh i think this is what i need to listen to yeah and they didn't know that because they didn't use that angle and it helped somebody out yeah i don't know it could be a good thing in a roundabout way. Your silence on this is probably <laughs> the accurate response in, in this whole thing. So you have a new record out. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to write a simple verse Of something I feel to rehearsed To remind you that in good times and in I do have a question about this because I've, I've, I'm in the process right now of about, I'm about to have a record come out this summer. And yeah. so when you're getting these batch of songs together, is there sort of, is there a theme to this, to this record? Or do you sort of just 
take it as a collection of songs in the last year? Or do you, when you're writing, are you writing on a theme? I write sporadically enough. That's not like I sit down and say, all right, for this month, I'm going to write the next album. Like it's spaced out a lot more than that. So I feel like that would be when themes would maybe be a little more like conscious if yeah. you're working with that kind of a process. Um, but I think there are some themes. I feel like maybe I just learn things really slowly, but <laughs> it seems like I like look back at notes that I have or like things that I've jotted down like several years ago and be like, yeah, I still haven't figured that out. Yeah. <laughs> or, oh yeah, I learned that once and then I started living like I didn't learn it or, yeah. or whatever. Um, so I think themes on the, I, I was more conscious in putting together this collection of songs to make sure that they felt like a group of songs that should go together. Cause I don't think I gave that a whole lot of thought on past records. Mm -hmm. I just sort of like, all right, here's the 10 best songs or whatever. We're right. just going with them. We'll figure out how to put them in an order that makes sense. But is that something you, a, a conscious decision made like in the recording process too, like not to just go too off the rails as far as, you know, I don't, I wouldn't say genre, but you definitely like have enough eclectic mix of influences for sure. Mm -hmm. They like, I mean, for me, like I know, which I love personally, because I love that I know, I know which song has the identity that he, that each song has. Like I know which yeah. song is the like sort of more acoustic folk one, which one <laughs> is the like sort of power pop rock anthem. Yeah. And then well, there's like a few of those, but like the one that sounds, you know, I refer have reference points for it. There's yeah. the one that that sounds like Weezer in a great way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or it sounds like the child of a Weezer song sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and you know, so I, I think. I wonder how much of that is sort of like we're only going to use these instruments throughout. So it sounds fluid or we're only going to use this mm -hmm. sort of production style, you know? Yeah. That was, that's definitely like a fine line to figure out. And cause I mean, it's just a six song EP. Mm -hmm. And like you're saying, there are some, the pretty broad range of styles within that, but I feel like, I mean, maybe it's just, my own head from having heard it too many times, but I feel like <laughs> somehow it came out in a way that I think is still has some cohesion to it. It totally does. Yeah. Um, which I don't exactly know how it ended up that way, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I'm glad that. Isn't uh, it amazing? You can focus and hyper-focus and obsess over something so much and still in the end be like, I don't know how this happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's every recording uh, I've ever done. Is like a whole bunch of things happened that were somehow out of my consciousness that yeah. turned this into a thing where people yeah. will ask like especially like the further away you get from it people will ask like where did that lyric come from or where did this vocal line i'm like i have no memory <laughs> of its creation yeah i just know that it was there and i wrote it down or it was there and i recorded it in my phone and yeah. then it ended up on the thing and then i sang it 20 more times and then <laughs> you know it just became a part of the fabric it's sort of like asking like you know where'd your elbow come from <laughs> like i don't know it just was there when i came out and yeah yeah i think a lot of times when I write, it's not until later that I kind of figure out what it's about. Like mm. I, I'll start maybe with an idea or maybe just like a lyric that turns into an idea. And then by the time I get done with it, it's like, oh, this chorus, how, I don't really know. Somehow it makes sense with this verse, but in like some part of my mind that I haven't quite unlocked yet. Mm -hmm. And 
yeah so every once in a while i've had somebody be like hey what's this song about and i had which was actually really helpful to stop and <laughs> think let me figure out what that is about yeah. and get back to you on that <laughs> it's so true yeah in every case that i've figured out so far there is like a meaning hiding in there and then i just a, just a matter of like sussing it out yeah sussing i don't think i've ever used the word yeah, sussing before but... I, I used some word the other day that i was laughing at because it i was like i've literally never said that in a sentence like before out loud i've just heard it said every once in a while my wife will look at me and just start laughing and say how did you know that word where's that like <laughs> like did, did you like look that word up at some point i was like i don't know it's i don't just... know Brain. I'll hear somebody brains are weird man I, i'll hear somebody brains are weird i'll hear something said on npr and then i'll i'll use that word like 10 <laughs> times in a week to different people i feel really good about it yeah okay i wrote down a bunch of um every podcast i try to choose from sort of a hat of questions i'll, yeah. I'll drive around and think about like a topic or something and i don't know who i'm going to talk to next in the podcast, so <laughs> it always makes so it, it may or may not be relevant this is something that could get a, a question that could get me into trouble but i feel like i need to know i'm interested was the last time you made a non-music related friend? Huh. That's something I think about. I was at a wedding on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And my wife had a friend there. And I hung out with her husband. They live in a different place. So I don't think we're like friends friends now. But it's like, oh, this is a good but interaction. You along with a person. Yeah. If we were in the same city, I'd call you up and yeah. do something. So yeah. wait, wait, you were just at the wedding. You weren't performing at it. Uh, I had to play. Okay, but it, it was eh, that's that's a fun. Yeah, that's teetering on. Uh, I guess that related. is to, oh, not really. I mean, you, I probably would have been they invited there for your show. I probably would have been invited okay. to the wedding. Regardless. Okay, I'll, I'll allow it. Maybe it's a gray area. Yeah, I think about that all the time. I'm like, I really don't know. Fairly recently, I've made like non-music related friends, but they're neighbors. So I, that doesn't. <laughs> and really they're count. all like sixty. But uh, yeah, they are. They're well, <laughs> yeah, they're between forty-five and sixty, <clears throat> which is great because they're. But I I'm constantly aware of like how I've just sort of shrouded myself in a bubble of and everybody that I know does something similar to what I do, and I think mm-hmm. for the longest time that comes from growing up in a place where I was like the odd duck i was like the one of five people in like the tri-county area the tri-county area (laughs) yeah growing up in southwest arkansas that's what we had that was doing i had to drive a a good hour solid to find any other musician yeah it was trying to do it to the capacity that i was doing it yeah and and i think moving to nashville was like finding this treasure trove of like wonderful people yeah who are you know you can meet and then have lunch and then immediately you're just sort of like you're, you know, texting and emailing and connecting and there's just, it's so easy to make friends here, mm-hmm. but they're oftentimes doing what we're doing. I feel like I've somehow stumbled into a place where most, I'd say my, like my wife and I, the people we hang out with the most, the you know, 10 or 15 people that we see pretty regularly, only maybe one of them is a musician. Really? Yeah. So it's actually this strange I feel like that's out of the norm for Nashville. That is very out of the norm. And so I still have musician friends, but they just like live in different circles. Right. Uh, I was in the, in the podcast by asking uh, lightning round questions. Oh man. You ready for these? These are just non sequiturs. You don't have to be answered in any sort of lightning speed. Uh, Do you have a surprising musical influence? 
Debussy, maybe? Claude? <laughs> what? Who's this? Wait, Debussy? Yeah. Like D-E-B-U-S-S-E-Y? S-S-Y, I think. Who's, uh, who is this person? <laughs> a composer from like early 1900s. Oh, okay. French that's guy. I was, trying to, I, was, but I was like, in my mind, I was like, Jodeci? The, <laughs> the 90s R&B artist? <laughs> Which would be equally surprising. That would be equally surprising. Um, no, that's really good. Are you into like uh, composers and stuff like that? Not real heavily, but I mean, that's what I studied for a long time. And so there's still elements of that that sort of instruct the way I write piano sure. parts, I think. Yeah. So. Well, I could see that. Yeah. Especially from a piano writing standpoint. Yeah. Sorry. All right. I'll accept it. Never got <laughs> that one. That is surprising. You literally surprised me. Uh, what do you associate with the name Keith? Crazy Keith. Crazy Keith? My RA, freshman year of college. Yes. That's what crazy I was Keith for. player. Oh, crazy Keith. Why? Where did you get the name from? He had to have done something. Well, uh, trying to think how to phrase this. <laughs> he I'm so excited. Is actually not crazy okay. at all. Really, he's a, a like a pretty, a quiet conservative guy, and I think the story before I met him was he had like a slightly different nickname that was, I think less normal. Keith. Like, well, like less, uh, kind or less like publicly acceptable that got morphed into crazy Keith. Cause oh. people could call him that to his face. Okay. Did you call him crazy Keith to his face? Oh, everybody called him crazy. Okay. Keith. Good. Most people just call him crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Get over here. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. I love the personal ones. I, it always bums me out when somebody says urban. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, come on. Yeah. Very Nashville. What was your first celebrity crush as a kid? Um, oh, the uh, the girl from Seventh Heaven. Wait, Jessica Biel? No, the, the, the other one? sister. Lucy. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I couldn't tell you her real name. Interesting. Yeah. That was very good kid of you <laughs> to have a crush on the non-dangerous <laughs> girl. On uh... I think like at the time, the age made more sense. Yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I definitely like had more of a crush on like Stephanie Tanner in Full House than DJ. Yeah. So just because she was my age. Yeah. I remember being stoked when I would watch a show and there was a kid on it that was my age. <laughs> it was like the greatest. Yeah. I was like, oh, somebody with my voice. Like Boy Meets World is, <laughs> is the best and most heartbreaking example of this because Boy Meets World came out and he was my age, yeah. Corey Matthews, and then something happened around like season three or season four where they shifted him. Really? So he skipped sixth grade and went to seventh because ne they needed to get him into junior high or high yeah. school. Changed the, and he was a year older than me, and it, I felt betrayed, so betrayed. But I remember that that feeling of like, oh, like, you know, home improvement or whatever. Like, oh, they're my age. <laughs> home improvement, man. I'm 10 or whatever. <laughs> that feeling. Yeah. Um, I, I put what's the most trouble you got in as a kid on here, too. That's weird. Um, what TV show or movie do you quote most frequently in your everyday life? Do you find one you're going back to all the time? Man. Probably a couple lines from No Country for Old Men that just like pop into my head pretty regularly. You call people friendo. <laughs> friendo. Hey, friendo. That uh, I I would not. I was like thinking like I, I mostly like. There's a scene where the Tommy Lee Jones and his deputy is the deputy really cracks me up in that yeah, movie. He's great, and he's like, "Oh, we gotta 
We got a mess here, Sheriff. And Tommy Jones goes, well, if it ain't, it'll do till the mess gets here. That's such a good line. Yeah, anytime, like, I think of something as a mess, that whole scene just pops into my head. It'll do till the mess gets here. Yeah. I love I love Coen Brothers stuff, but like especially when they arrived with somebody like Tommy Lee Jones is like made in my mind <laughs> in real life. He's just saying lines like that all the time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm like this is fantastic. Uh, oh, where did I leave off? Uh, I don't know why I wrote. I wrote in, "Have you ever shoplifted?" I'm <laughs> guessing that you haven't. <clears throat> I'm adding a couple new, trying to add a couple new ones. What do you say during sound check? I usually, I mean, you do like the hey. I do a lot of haze. Mm-hmm. I don't like doing the check. Me either. Um. Uh, sometimes if I think there's going to be some feedback, I do some like kind of yeah, things. Get that. Yeah. Um, then I usually just try to find a song that is not one of my songs that I just like and I just sing part of it. What's an example of that? That's sort of where I was getting to. <laughs> um, man, it, it varies. There's like a few page of the lion songs that'll pop into my head or yeah, that's a good some one. friends that I made music with growing up that write good songs. Okay. That, I thought you were going to say some a friend's, the friend's theme song, <laughs> Pedro the Lion, you know, normal stuff. Yeah. What's your first memory of the internet? Uh, dial up Juno. I did. Yeah. So even before internet access, we had email through uh-huh. Juno, which was just a, a program that lived on your desktop. And when you wanted to check your email, it had to dial a phone number. You know, mid do 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 yeah and you could kind of tell i would just do that compulsively throughout the day and you could kind of tell how much email you're going to get by how long the the little progress bar took to finish oh yeah and because it would actually like download the emails on to your hard drive and then it would disconnect oh crazy so these emails are just living in this program you could read them and reply to them, and then when you wanted to send it, you had to dial it back up to send them out. So that, that way it wouldn't so convoluted. That way it wouldn't tie up your phone line. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, because that was because we just deal, had the like, one phone line. Yeah. And then the next step from there was, I think Net Zero maybe. It was free. It was like you, know, you get the discs in the mail or whatever. Yeah. And it was like this tiny little browser in the middle of the screen that was surrounded by ads taking up like two thirds of the screen. <laughs> and yeah. you it was so slow i mean you'd type in a website and you just like go to like make yourself a sandwich and come back yeah i remember doing a lot of that doing like i'll start this up go like clean up my room or like throw this these clothes in the dryer and then come back and it'll be ready <laughs> and it was just loading a basic page yeah exactly it was or just yeah. logging on yeah like, i didn't yeah. want to have to sit there and i get i used to get anxiety from the like the whole thing like okay get there go go yeah and you'd watch the lights on the modem yeah like go from like yellow to green or whatever oh my gosh that was probably 1998 i would guess yeah that sounds about right something like that. which wasn't that long ago but the speed of like the way technology progresses is so crazy yeah you might as well you know what you're describing now you might as well describe like the first iphone or like a blackberry which also yeah. wasn't that long ago, eight years ago. Yeah. We've only had iPhones for eight years, seven years. So Or like three months for me. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Did you recently just get one? Yeah. I just noticed our text went from green to blue. So I was I was wondering <laughs> yeah, yeah. if that was the situation. Yep. I always ask the the guests to share uh to close up the show 
a bad or embarrassing show story? Do you have uh, one so that many. stands out when somebody asks you like, what's the worst show you've ever played? Whether it's your fault or the venue's fault. Yeah, I mean the one that usually is, comes up near the top of the list was the tour around the Midwest a fair amount, and it's hard to find any place worth playing in Indiana, which is a bummer because it's kind of like right in the middle of it's everything. So, it is, yeah, it's a connector between us and other things. Their state motto is "The Crossroads of America," which I feel like is their way of saying just, nobody stops here; just they just through. go through here on their way to someplace else. <laughs> this is not anyone's destination. It's so true. Uh, so anyway, I found at a friend who lived, uh, in Fort Wayne, which is like a decent sized city. Sure. Like I feel like college town, I think. Yeah. I think there's, there's a couple some college. stuff going on. Yeah. Which is, you know, the sort of places you kind of target on a map when you're routing out a tour. Mm-hmm. And so I found this coffee shop cause I was just playing a solo show. This was now uh, five years ago or so. And it had been named like best coffee shop in Fort Wayne, like a bunch of years in a row. And it's I was a high like, bar. yeah, I was like, Oh, like coffee shop shows can be kind of so, so, but this one seems like pretty reputable. I think it will be cool. And so I emailed them. Like, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But it was, uh, in the middle of the recession and apparently due mm. to the recession, they had shortened their hours. So I played at, at five o'clock on a Friday cause they closed at like six or seven. <laughs> And no. it coincided with uh, a middle school art gallery opening in their space. Mm. So there was like all these, you know, kind of terrible self-portraits and stuff of kids on the walls and all their parents. Coming to see it. Yeah, coming to see it. And, and there was like a... And there was some musician in the corner <laughs> yeah. taking attention away from their kid. Or actually not taking any attention <laughs> away as the case maybe. Oh. And there's you know, like a little table set up with like trail mix and chips Score. and all that kind of stuff and yeah i played i my friend and his wife showed up they paid attention and then i played to all these middle school parents wandering around and there was a tip jar that i got a dollar in <laughs> and then i found 10 cents on the ground so i made a dollar 10 cents after driving you know four hours or whatever and something so sad and funny about a dollar just one and that that was the night i decided that when you include in your income the money you found in the ground on the ground that's when you know like things did not go well (laughs) you're putting that in your tax form (laughs) like a dollar ten fort wayne indiana yeah money spent sixty dollars on gas and food oh my gosh that's amazing yeah they didn't even feed me they were a coffee shop. That's like the one thing they can do. <laughs> they offered me like a stale brownie on the way out the door. Oh. I was like, eh, no, no thanks. There's no way that that place still has shows. I hope not. <laughs> For the sake of any other musician in the world. You said Friends game. That's, that reminded me like when you have a really terrible show, you know it's going to be bad. Like you almost start praying that people you know don't <laughs> show up. Like maybe they'll forget or maybe they'll do the normal friend thing where they're like, we'll see him after. Yeah. Sometimes when you, when you know it's not going to go well, it's even more humility. It's almost better to just go through it by yourself, discard that memory, yeah. and then share it on a <laughs> podcast one day. We had another one that where it was uh, Iowa City, Iowa, I think. Okay. Playing at like actually like a pretty cool rock club, but none of the local acts showed up, and we mm. knew I was playing with some friends of mine, and we knew 
one of the guys knew one girl in the town, which is who we were staying with. And she, it was one of those venues where the venue is like upstairs and there's like a bar downstairs. And she, so this, nobody, nobody came to the show, like zero people. It was like bartender, sound guy. And then this one girl that we knew, right? but she didn't, she came out, but just hung out in the bar downstairs the whole time. and didn't even come up to listen to us. <laughs> Even the people who come to our shows do not come to our shows. <laughs> and that was the first night of like a three week tour. Oh, uh, <laughs> that's, oh, that's heartbreaking and weirdly makes me feel better because <laughs> of all the times that I've been through. So it, that's why I always ask that because I was like, there's something very like uniting about cathartic. Yes. Yeah, so in, in hearing like other people tell their tales of woe. Yeah. Well, yeah. the. What's wait? What's the EP called? I always mess it's it called up. Called "How We Spend Our Days," and it's out now mm-hmm. on all platforms that you will that yeah. you will probably purchase music on. Uh, well, Zach, thank you for coming all the way over here and yeah, and, thanks and hanging for, out. Thanks for having me. That was fun. And that does it for episode eighty-three. If you'd like to check out Zach Vincent's EP "How We Spend Our Days," you can do so on iTunes, Amazon MP3, or wherever music is sold digitally. Follow Zach on Twitter at Zach Vinson, Z-A-C-H-V-I-N-S-O-N, or check out his tour dates at ZachVinson.com. Great live performer, uh, one you don't want to miss for sure. You can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at WhoWritesPod, plus Facebook.com slash WhoWritesThisStuff. Thank you guys so much for listening for episode 83 in Who Writes This Stuff. I'm Nick Flora. Now go do something creative. Mm